Evening, everyone. Nice to be with you. I've realized tonight I am a true extrovert because the minute I got here, I immediately felt energy going into my body when I was around people because I've been very sick this week since Wednesday. So it is amazing to be here. Um, and you know, be, before I even just tell you what I'm going to preach about tonight, I feel like for, I, I was asking the Lord for just in, if there's any particular words of knowledge for people. Um, during worship, and I feel like there might be during the message, so I'll just keep my spiritual ears open. But I felt for some of you, all you I feel there's some people here, all you needed to hear tonight was the title of my preach, and you can go home. I don't think that means you must literally go home, but my preach is, my grace is sufficient for you. That is the message. And I feel like for some of us, did you need to hear that? <laughs> I don't know what you're going through, but sometimes you just go through a season, you're going through something, and all you just need to know is him saying, my grace is sufficient for you, and you're like, I've got enough. I'm good. And, and I'm really trusting that he does that tonight. All of us are just carrying different burdens in this room, going through different things, but I think this is just a message that we have to preach to ourselves over and over that from his fullness there is grace upon grace. And it's dependent on his ability and not ours. So that is my message. And if you know your Bible, you'll know where I'm going to be preaching from. Any nods? <laughs> Lamentations, no. <laughs> you, might, you might recognize it. It's where Paul speaks about the thorn in his flesh. And it's the end of 2 Corinthians, so you can turn there. 2 Corinthians 12. And it's basically my only scripture for tonight. So that is, we're just camping out there. We're not going anywhere else. Okay. So 2 Corinthians 12. Do you know what I'm going to do is I'll summarize for you just now Paul's whole bit about his revelations. Okay. But we'll read from this bit. So he says, he's just told them I received these heavenly, out-of-body experience revelations from the Lord. Um, and then he tells them this, from verse 7. He says, So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. And three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How's that last sentence? When I am weak, then I am strong. Do we often feel like that? No way. You feel when you're weak, that's when you need to hide yourself. And you need to get yourself strong and then come back out into public. It's our weaknesses are the thing we hide the most. Think about it. Who's been on a date recently? All right? When you're preparing for a date, do you think... Shh, stick with me. Everyone's been on a date. Do you think, oh my word, I can't wait to show this person my weaknesses? 
No. You're thinking about all your best facets about you, all your strengths. Even if this is like your most photogenic side, you'll sit the whole night like this, <laughs> just so they're seeing here. I've got this big Cindy Crawford kind of mole on this side here, so I will hide that thing. So think about it. The way the world trains you is not to embrace weakness. Amen? And the, the problem with that is, and I, I felt to start the even, is before you can even just jump into this and unpack it for ourselves, is you need to realize the wave and the wind out there in the world that is against you, walking in what Paul just described. Because I want, I want all of us to walk in the power of Christ. Amen? But he says there's a journey you've got to go to get there. You've got to be able to look at your weaknesses, not run from them, and not even pray. He didn't even pray, Lord, help me escape from this weakness. That wasn't the prayer. The prayer became, Lord, in my weakness, would you give me triumph? In my weakness, would you help me overcome? But the world comes to you and says, you've got to do everything you can to escape weakness. And, and what he means by weakness is he doesn't mean his own bad choices. So what he means, he's not just saying, keep making bad choices so that the power of Christ may rest on you. Uh-uh, hell no. He does not mean that. Oh, you can't say hell. You can say, oh, in context, you can say hell. He means, I don't have a synonym, no. He just means no. <laughs> I don't know the slang of all the youth these days. <laughs> but it's important what he's getting at there. And I, I think when we define weakness, we've got to be careful because sometimes if you battle a weakness in your life for a long time, you can get to the point where you're just like, okay, whatever. It's never going to change. That's just who I am. It's not going anywhere. And you can just accept defeat. I don't know if you've been there yourself. And you, don't, you might actually just stop praying about it because you're just like, I've, I've pleaded with the Lord more than three times and I've still got this, whatever your, whatever your thorn in the flesh is. And you might just get to a point of just mute defeat. I've been there also in my life. And I think for some of us tonight, the Lord, he's going to come to you and he's not just going to say, he's not just saying my patience is even sufficient for you. When, when he uses the word grace here, I think he's meaning my ability. My ability, not your ability. I'm trying to, he's trying to get your ability out of you. And that's Aina in that journey. And he's trying to get you to rely on his ability. And that's, I've, I think it's, it's definitely not Kala who's the first person who came up with this, but he does say it. And we speak of these, like, these three steps on Christian maturity that you've got to go through. It starts with, I can... I can't. Only God can. And that journey repeats. <laughs> Start, finish, repeat. It goes on and on. But the problem is, when you get saved and you come into God's kingdom, like a lot of you here still, do you know your mindset is still, I can do this. I could just, James, tell me what I need to do. Give me another sermon, buddy. Just, I'm going to write these notes down. I will do this. I'm going to wear a WWJD bracelet all the week. What would Jesus do? And you know what the Lord's going to try to do? Empty you of your strength. And he's going to allow you to fail. 
in some areas. Because you come in with a, I can do it. Just, just tell me, just let me tweak it. And the problem with that is, is that's a performance treadmill that's going to exhaust you. So you, you've got to realize that in my life and your life, when, when, you're, when you're struggling to understand, like, Lord, what are you doing in this season? I feel like I just can't move where I want to move. Ask yourself, maybe the Lord is producing weakness in me in this area so that I can more fully rely on him. Otherwise, your prayers are going to be wrong the whole time. You're going to be praying, take me out of this, take me out of this, and he's keeping you in it. Amen. Is it nice when he keeps you in it? Who's in it right now? A few. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are we hiding our weaknesses by not putting our hand up? <laughs> you can put your hand up in your heart. But I want to look at just this, one of these first um, statements here in verse 9. It's a bit where he says, my power is made perfect in weakness. And like I've been saying now, you've got to realize this. I hope this clicks for you, that Christianity is not a religion where each week you are trying to come and make yourself stronger. Do you realize that? In a sense, you become stronger, but your mindset is not, I am the strong one. There's only one champion in Christianity, and it's Jesus. He's the one you worship, all glory goes to him, all strength comes from him. And the most mature Christians are who? Are those who have realized their weakness. Because if you realize your weakness, what are you going to do more of? Pray. Think about it. When we're not praying, what are we actually saying to the Lord? I've got this. And the minute we feel like, I don't got this, what do we do? We pray. It's normally like the night before an exam or something. You're like, I don't got this. I'm praying. And you mess with your friends. Please pray for me. If I was your friend, I'd be like, I'm not praying for you. I'll maybe pray for peace or something. But we, you, we've got to look at the way I think we live and we function as believers to realize, when am I going to the Lord? How have I, tra- how have I trained myself to relate to him? Do I only go to him when I feel weakness? Or how have I trained myself? And I think another thing here is, um, it, it actually says in Hebrews 11, if you, if you read Hebrews 11, it's about all these kind of, this great cloud of witnesses, all these people from the Old Testament that have gone before us. And there's a beautiful statement there where it describes all of them, what they went through. And this one bit it says, and they were made strong out of weakness. Not apart from weakness, they were made strong in their weakness. And God doesn't leave them in that place. He is continually, you need to realize that, week by week, day by day, the Lord is taking you and me from glory to glory. But in order for us to go from glory to glory, we have to face, I can do this? Okay, I can't do this. Only God can. Can I get a witness? Because once you get to only God can, even with just one little test, you go through that one test, you're like, okay, God can. God can. And then you're up here shouting mighty to save, full, full blast, because you realize, yeah, he is actually capable to do what he says he can do. And then the, ne- the time the next test comes, you're like, I can do this. And you're like, hold on, that sounds sketchy. 
no, I can't do this. And in the world's eyes, if we did like a philosophy little seminar right now, and if I was just teaching you psychology and self-help, I'd be giving you the worst advice. Because all those books, there's a whole section that says self-help. Christianity, if it had a section, would say self-death. It's to crucify the self-life that thrives off self. I can do this. Self-righteousness. Approaching God based on your own righteousness. God is killing that. And he's going to allow us to fail. He's going to allow us to feel our weakness so that we glory in Christ. It's going to cause you to worship. Because when you see, I almost asked how many of you have sinned, but that's a dwarf question. It would have been a test though. But when you've sinned and you feel dirty, and the Lord comes and he gives you a conscious sense that your sins have been forgiven. Because it might objectively be true, but you need, Lord, remind me again of your love for me. Remind me. And then you come and worship towards him. Can you remember those moments of what it feels like again to stand before him with clean hands? It is a blessing. And you, all you're thinking of is thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you that the blood is enough. And that is the journey of our Christian life in every area. Is basically, I'm not enough, but he is enough. And the next bit I wanted to um, just pull out here is from verse 7. Look at what he says here. It's very interesting wording. Let me read verse 7 again. So he says, so to keep me from becoming conceited, conceited is proud, because of the surpassing greatness of these revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Just keep that up there. It says, as far as you can see, the messenger of Satan came from Satan. It's kind of what I'm seeing in there. But would Satan's goal in your life and in Paul's life for Paul not to be proud? No, that makes no sense. Satan wants you to be proud. That is the root sin of all other sins. So what's happening here is God has seemingly even allowed something in Paul's life that the enemy means for harm. And God is using it and saying, okay, I'm going I'm to have sweet revenge here on the enemy. The very thing he's intending to puff Paul up, I'm going to use to humble him. And I'm going to use to produce humility in him. And we've got to see that. That I wrote you that, that the devil's business is to produce pride. It's for you to exalt yourself. It's for you to say, I can do this. God's business is to destroy pride and to produce humility in you over and over and over. Because God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And the thing with pride is, have you realized this about pride? Pride can be quite hidden. Pride does not always mean you're just walking in, you're bragging about everything you love about yourself. Pride can be you thinking that I never should come speak up here on the mic because I just have nothing to say and I'm not important. What you're doing is you're still making it about you. 
The other person might come up here and be like, hey guys, and they're like frothing and they're like desperate to share. They're still making it about them. It's just more blatant. But you also, sometimes if we're just hiding ourselves and we're hiding behind a mask, it might look to others like, oh, shame. But God's saying that's pride. You're still self-focused and I need to get that spotlight off you and onto me. Does that hurt a bit? So actually, well done to the guys that spoke on the mic tonight. Some of you held this. You're like, what is this thing? Like, hey, guys. can be scary standing in front of people, but well done. Every time you take a little step of obedience, you are defeating that fear of man. I think it was Nico. Where is Nico? Oh, I think we had a chat earlier in the year about something, and Nico's quite deep. We're having a car ride somewhere, and he's like, James... Just like, give me some advice, bro. Like, <laughs> tell me something. And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> you there? I was just, just throwing you under the bus. And I was like, because he was telling me what he was going through. And I said, well, Nico, I think next time you're with your com or next time you're with people, make yourself sound as weak as you can. And he was like, any other advice? <laughs> and. <I> <laughs> He's like, by weak, do you mean strong? What do you mean? <laughs> but that was a good chat. And he actually put it into practice and realized in the moment, geez, that's not easy to do. Especially the minute you put on any sort of leadership hat. I encourage anyone in this congregation who is in any role of leadership, take that advice. Because otherwise what's going to happen is your home groups, your friendship circles, all those things, people are going to look at you and they're going to start exalting you. They're going to start saying, this person looks like they got it all together. And they might even say those words to you. You look like you got it all together. And you're like, all glory be to God. <laughs> but tell me more. What do you mean all together? <laughs> you, you got to watch out. Andrea is a gift from God for me. Because... Let's say Dom comes to my house, and Dom's like, yo, Jim, how do you like, know all these things and stuff? She's like, he's a worm. He's a worm. So she'll, she'll, she's trying, to, she's trying to swing the pendulum. I agree. I am still a worm. <laughs> but I respect what she's doing. Now, we have our own little jokes. But what she's doing is she said, the, the, the praise of man is more of a test than even rejection, than failure. Praise of man puffs you up. And the devil says, take more, go get more, get more. And that is the very thing that God doesn't want. He doesn't want us to become conceited. You see that all throughout the Old Testament. Go pick up your Old Testament. Go read the book of 1 Kings or 2 Kings. And look at every king of Israel and Judah and look at their relationship to pride and humility <laughs> and you will see all those that humbled themselves the lord says i bless this one all these ones there's a there's a lovely scripture that the, the girls group might remember it the one that says i think it's king hezekiah who says um, lord we did not know what to do but our eyes are on you that is the king of israel saying i don't got this but only you do and the lord says i will bless that so that is what the Lord is looking for in us. So take that advice. If you feel like, 
a lot of us mana also. Hey, guys? We are bred to be strong. We are bred to be, to not crack under pressure, to not show emotion. And that can be your greatest weakness. Because for some of us, we don't even know what weakness feels like to share it. And you've got to go on that journey. That's why I love, Urich, what's been happening in that guys group on Friday mornings, is guys are getting together and learning how to boast in their weakness so that the power of Christ can rest on them. And it's little baby steps, and it's beautiful to see. So, there's, I'm not going to put that scripture. Well, we've actually got it. It's just one sentence. It's in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 27. It's pretty much a theme through the book of Corinthians, but check here. It says, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Look at that. Why did he do that? What was his purpose? So that all glory goes to him. So that all powers, principalities, rulers, people will look at God's people and go, no offense, guys, but how did you do this? How did you live these lives? That's what God wants to do. Is he wants us to be trophies of his grace. And just personally, I think for us, I want to ask you, as you sit here now, do you think, there, is there something in your life that you're maybe pleading with God to escape from? Is there a situation you are in right now? Is there a personal weakness that you have battled for years and you are saying, get me out of this. And he has sympathy with you. He is not a hard father. He is not just listening to your prayers and saying, just one more, one more, and then maybe I'll listen. He's not like that. But if you are still in that position, if you are still in that weakness, and you're waiting for that breakthrough, I think maybe consider that you might need to change your prayer to not just get me out of this, not just eject a seat, the ejector seat button's not working, and you're still in. You need to say, Lord, what are you doing in me in this season? Where is there pride in my heart? That actually, if left unchecked, if the Lord answers your prayers and just takes you out, you'll be left worse off because you'll be left with pride that will be left unchecked, and that root will grow up and infect other areas. So pray, we can even just pray that tonight, even as we close off at the end, and just say, Lord, change our perspective. Perspective's so important. Change my perspective. And consider that God's objective in it can be much higher than yours. And also much slower. We want instant. We want, Lord, okay, I'm in this test. When is it ending? And the Lord, if you, if you look at how the Lord dealt with so many people in the Bible, you look at the Apostle Paul, Paul here is mentioning these amazing revelations he got. But when he got saved on the road to Damascus, when he had that experience, he mingled around with the church and the disciples for a little bit, but then after that, the Lord sent him out 14 years into the desert, into Arabia. And you can only imagine, I don't know what happened there. I think the Lord would have had to humble him hugely because he was so proud in his righteousness as a Pharisee and as a Jew. And the Lord, in a sense, had to break him and to make him soft and humble.
and then gave him these revelations. So I, I, I just want to pray for us just now for anyone who is going through whatever season it is. And it's, it's relatable even to baptism tonight. Baptism is not an act of us looking at these people saying, yo, they're so powerful now. No, they're not powerful. They are saying, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. So God takes each disciple, plants them in the ground and says, die, and then life comes out. That's what baptism is. You are dying. So that any life that comes up in you, you'll know that it came from God. Did you want to add anything that I left out? I bounced a lot of my thoughts off Andrea, so I just want to hear if she has any. I just wanted to mention, because this is really, really good and really helpful. The one thing I was thinking is about habitual sin and how, just to balance what James is saying, that sometimes there's stuff in our lives that we're habitually falling into. You know, maybe people would struggle with sexual sin or they would struggle to stop smoking or something. And it's not about obviously celebrating the weakness in falling into sin. It's, it's about trusting God to get you out of that situation. So it's not an allowance for sin, obviously. I mean, maybe I don't need to say this. Maybe it's obvious. But it's not about saying, like, exult in that weakness, you know, like, just keep watching porn. It's fine. No, it's not about that at all. It's actually like, Jesus, I have struggled and tried many times to get out of the situation. And now I'm going to really throw myself onto your power and your grace, and you're going to look after me. And what James was saying is I exult in, um, I celebrate my hardships, my insults, my brokenness. And really what, that, what we discussed earlier is how that's very practical. Like in your life, maybe someone doesn't love you. And you would, maybe you, your temptation would be like, well, God, make people love me. Make that situation better, right? Like that's obviously what he wants. And James is going basically, no, what is God trying to teach you in that lack, in that moment of lack in your life? And how is God going to fill that lack in his power and his grace um, instead of you now trying to fill it with your own power? I hope that helps. Yeah. That's good. Can I pray for us? Okay. Your Father, I want to thank you for your grace. Thank you that it is a gift and your grace and your mercy is new every morning. And we rejoice in it, Lord. It is, a, it is like a well that tonight we bring our buckets again and we drop them down into that well and we draw grace from our Father in heaven. And we say, you have everything we need, Lord. Help us to, to say sorry, Lord, and to repent for relying on ourselves tonight, Lord. Even those of us who have been in just continual struggles, whether it's habitual sin, whether it's just failing in a certain area, whether it's just zero willpower, maybe we have just given into things and we've just given up the fight. I just pray tonight, Lord, bring us to a place of just complete, just dependency on you. I pray that we wouldn't walk out just saying, I can do this. Pray that whatever our need is tonight, get us to a place of saying, I can't do this. It's not about trying, but it's about trusting you, Lord. It's not about struggling. It's not about striving. 
but it's about relying on your power that's made perfect in our weakness, Lord. So I just pray, Lord, help us to embrace that tonight. Help us not to run from weakness. But to realize, Lord, that you are achieving something beautiful in each of us, Lord. So help us to trust you. I pray you give us faith right now. I just pray for a deposit of faith into each of our hearts. I just rebuke unbelief in Jesus' name. I rebuke doubt that says God hasn't come through before, so what's the chance he's going to come through now? That's just the voice of Satan, and we rebuke him in Jesus' name. He's a liar, a deceiver, and he's the accuser of the brethren. And we stand in the power of our Lord Jesus. And we say, he is my strength. He is my song. He is my salvation. So, Lord, we thank you for strength. I pray that those tonight, Lord, who needed to hear those words, my grace is sufficient. Lord, I pray that you would shift their perspective right now. Shift their perspective. I pray where they've been waving their fists at you, even in anger. I pray that they'd realize that's the most foolish thing they can do. And that they trust you again as a loving father. So come, Holy Spirit, thank you for your ministry in us. Thank you that you never leave us to ourselves, that you keep continuing this work in us. In Jesus' name.